Let's start with the prayer. Good morning, good evening everyone and uh, welcome to this GD. First of all, VP, wish you a very, very happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday. Thanks, thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like we've been uh, following this practice, uh, Chaturmasa second month is done. So, you know, we want to take a minute each. There are five of us in this group now. Uh, a minute each to uh, share our learning and hope to inspire you guys to start off. So, anybody can start, but I will, I will request the birthday boy to start today. <laughs> Um, so for, for, I think for me, the uh, biggest thing was that uh, vegetables came back and it was nice to be able to enjoy potatoes and uh, beans and whatnot. Um, the second thing was that uh, I, event I mean, I finally gave up my tea habit. So I used to drink four to six cups of tea um, on a daily basis. It was down to one by the end of the first month. And by the end of the uh, first week of the second month, you know, it's uh, basically was zero. And I was able to sustain that throughout the month. So that was a big thing. And, uh, you know, I also learned uh, the shlokas that one is supposed to say before the food and really enjoyed uh, assimilating the meaning of those two verses. So that was, I thought was uh, very good. And, and, you know, just uh, everything is going well, touch wood. And uh, the meditation got better, especially after a couple of sessions. And uh, on the last one, you know, um, Rajesh, it was beautiful. I forgot to thank you for doing that. But it was really, really good. And some pointers from Kishore and you are helping me get better at meditation. So overall, you know, a very, very nice month. Um, and now I'm looking forward to the next one where we are giving up milk. So that's uh, that's an easy one and i'm uh, committing myself to learning the uh, morning prayer that rajesh has been talking about a few times so look forward to that thanks awesome vp now let's probably go in the alphabetical order rajay <laughs> yeah no i think uh, you know it's been a great month uh, for me um, i think it took me a while to swap out of uh, um, you know, uh, you know, swap out of yogurt and get into vegetables. I mean, you know, it, you know, the, the the best thing about this month has been it's not about the food any longer. I think after the first first week where it took me a while to just adapt to the new sort of uh, menu, if you will, uh, you know, food's kind of not really top of mind at all. And um, and yeah, I mean, other other than that, I mean, I I stay conscious of the fact that I don't want to become weaker internally. So I'm trying to add some healthy supplements to, to kind of augment it. And a um, couple of interesting things this month. I mean, I think one was the whole pollution, which is the, uh, the gen beak of uh, penance. 
and I tried to observe it to the extent I could. And I actually had a good experience. Uh, in fact, there was somebody who I thought I had, uh, you know, been wrong towards. And just out of just sheer luck, you know, we connected and we talked about it. And it was a very good feeling to, you know, let it out of your, of your heart. So that was fantastic, actually. And, uh, and then yesterday we had Ekadashi and that was incidentally my first Nirjala Ekadashi. I mean, no food, no water. Um, it was tough at the end, by the end of the day, because I did a lot of walking and therefore, it, you know, your water reserves are, are lower. But no, I absolutely loved it. Um, and uh, I can see sort of just a good feel, which I think... Uh, which inspired me to continue to do it in future as well. Awesome. Thank you. Mahesh. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Great. Uh, as Ajay was mentioning, it is no more of a food than mind control. It is also the same thing for me. Food was not a problem, but yogurt was a problem, you know. <laughs> you know, I was having yogurt all throughout my life and suddenly you say no yogurt. It became a big problem for me. Problem in more in the sense of the mental disease. So, I mean, the mental cravings were too much, uh, especially for yogurt. But somehow I managed it. Uh, I, this is where I realized consciously that uh, the cravings are there inside, you know. It's coming out slowly, slowly. Uh, when we leave something and uh, suddenly the mind desires for more. So I kept the mind balanced, uh, taking a lot of water and some sweet occasionally after food, like fruits and some kheer. But uh, still the cravings were there. Slowly, slowly it got diminished by the time. But by the time month also got ended. And now I think I can have my yogurt again this month. So that should not be a problem. Uh, more importantly, it is now that I'm very conscious, I mean, the moment uh, some food goes inside me, like today morning, after I did my Nirjala Ekadasi yesterday, this is also my first Nirjala Ekadasi in the last five Ekadasis which we have done. And uh, suddenly the food, if it is a spicy food, it starts throwing it me up. It's coming up uh, from my tummy. So my body was telling me that uh, you are eating spicy food. So I was quite surprised uh, that all these years I've been eating spicy food and when it comes up, whether it was I was uh, controlling it or it was it natural or was that natural or this natural, I'm slightly confused now. You know, so we need to verify. I hope this is the more natural way, I believe, because I'm taking more of sattvic foods and uh, I had completely cut down my food in the evening after 6 p.m. or the last... Two months, I have not eaten anything after 6 p.m. And this eased my body. My body is a bit lighter, rather more lighter. I'm easily able to get up at 4.30 a.m. in the morning. Before, it was difficult. Now, it is easily. I'm automatically getting, sometimes getting up at 3 o'clock and looking at my alarm, whether it is 4.30 or not. So, uh, so I get up at 4.30, do some meditation, and uh, I'm trying to gain some mind control over this month. And hopefully... My weight will also reduce from another six kilos this month. I will not tell my weight now, but let me tell it next month. <laughs> Thank you, Mahesh. Vivek, do you want to go? Um, 
Yeah, no, look, the two Ikadashi fasts are great. And, and uh, like uh, like Ajay as well, managed to get, uh, do yesterday's was nirjal, so no, no water for 36 hours in addition to no eating. And actually probably my best fast so far. So, so, so the mind and body are getting used to that. But that said, I mean, August, as I rather have written in our, in our group chats, you know, August was actually a relatively forgettable month for me because I went completely <laughs> off, uh, off course, if you will. So, uh, I, I mean, the first two weeks also, you know, I didn't, I don't have yogurt in any case. I've not missed much in that regard, but hmm? I really Sorry? found found the first half of the month I found them going very tedious and so I was regularly on chocolate ice cream and things like that you know um, but but uh, last weekend I was away with the family and we I, I couldn't resist all the all the temptations of you know well-cooked food and wine and everything so I went whole hog uh, completely off 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 course with this so you know to to Mahesh's point uh, I'm very far away from getting control of my mind, it seems. Uh, so, got got some homework and rethinking to do here. All right, thank you, Vivek. But the, but the good news is uh, you 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 are recognizing what is the right thing to do, and you are trying to correct it. And that's the most important uh, thing, because in the past we would not even be sensitive about it, but now we are sensitive about it. That's the most important thing. All right, just my report card, very very quickly. So uh, this month was pretty smooth for me. Fortunately, um, you know, not having yogurt is uh, was not that of a problem, that much of a problem for me. Uh, stuck with two meals a day, somewhere around 9:30, 10 in the morning, and then around 3:34, and that's it. Nothing in between. No snacking was a big achievement for me. For the last two months, I have not snacked anything in between. So all the stuff my wife bought, groundnuts, which is my favorite. They don't seem to get diminished now at home. The stock is still there, which is a good news. But so we don't have to. We are spending less now because of that. So, um, but uh, the uh, just kind of to summarize what's been happening in the group is that the first two weeks when we started the Chaturmasa, every day there was a post about food. There was a picture. There was a talk. There was a recipe posted and all that. Now the last one month I'm seeing actually there are no no photographs posted in the group. Okay. Uh, I think they were, uh, they were the only culprit who was posting the photographs most was me because I was missing some of the nice photographs from the others. So I want to elicit a response, but that was what is happening at my end. But all the discussions have shifted from how food is not a necessity, but food is an instrument to manage our mind. That was very powerful for me. And some of the learnings, what, uh, you know, all of us are sharing here, all of, all of the people have written a blog about it. I have already published my blog, but I've not yet shared with you guys, waiting for the rest of the group also to share. As soon as I put everything up, I will share it with you. Please enjoy reading it. And hopefully some, someone will be inspired and to join us. All right. That's cool. That was a good report card on... Uh, the second month of Chaturmasa. So the next two months, because this year uh, apparently has what is called as Adhika Masa, one extra month. So uh, we have the next two months instead of next one month, no milk. Okay. And uh, I don't think it's going to be that difficult because no milk means no milk. You can still take yogurt, you can still take ghee and all those things. So it's pretty much standard fare. 
only people who drink coffee and or tea and put milk in it they may struggle but i think all of us have gotten out of that particular habit now so pretty much okay and then the last month is going to be tough because that uh, that has much more restrictions where you can eat only stuff uh, only vegetables that are grown underground that's it period oh my goodness greens so we will see how we'll fare so i think we're preparing the first four months for the last month we'll see it traditionally that has been my week 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 month okay that's great so let's get back to our topic so we can again start off with uh, vp vp you want to share your thoughts today and kick off this discussion yeah sure so um i i think uh, there was some very good uh, learnings um out of this chapter um i think the whole idea of uh, being actionless in action i think it made a reappearance again i we discussed it few chapters back and um, i found myself thinking back to those particular points um so i don't think i have assimilated it completely the whole notion of action in actionless but um you know i think this chapter is again bringing forth that particular point um so that was sort of nice and uh, something i um something that stayed with me um the second was this example that he uh, gave about uh, you know the uh, beggar and the king and the actors being in the greenhouse so i think that was a very powerful um example to really relate that you know you could be um either doing extremely well in your life or you could be um really someone you know at the very low station in life um, yet you are equal so i think that those two things really uh, resonated very well with me um and then the third one i would say is the whole uh, death and birth the um you know the cycle that uh, alpna has talked about multiple times with us um the birth and rebirth and giving up and the idea is that once you achieve that uh, uh you know the swami ji writes here about uh, once you um your nature is actionless and your punya papa is standing in one accounts is written off so i think that's the ultimate goal so it just sort of reinforces that you know we can get there it's just that we have to work hard towards uh, getting to that point so those were some of my key takeaways from this uh, chapter yeah nicely said vp i think uh, you know uh, one uh, very very uh, uh, interesting observation that i had when you were saying that is you know sometimes uh, we make this mistake especially when it happens in reunions right we make let's say that you know we've uh, we've grown up with somebody in college and we've had a particular impression about that particular person and 25 years later you go meet the same people and we still carry that same baggage in our mind saying that, okay this guy is like that or this person is like that and but on the other side that person has changed 25 years and he has changed completely maybe he's he was he was a nasty guy in 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 25 years back but you know 25 years has moved him away from being nasty to being a great guy but you know maybe that guy doesn't realize it maybe the guy who is thinking about it also doesn't realize it they still kind of you know keep having those old quabbles together right so the whole point of what i'm trying to say is that uh, people change and when you shift your perspective from what you were before to the new perspective and especially if one recognizes that yes i have changed yes i was different before but i have changed now likewise 
I understood that I was my body and mind before, but now I don't no more think about it that that way. Then I think the shift slowly starts happening. Your example of how after many years, you know, the baggage for me, the thing that had come to mind was when we visit home and we visit uh, an Aji or a grand or aunts and uncles, they still remember what you like and dislike when you were 18 or 20. And they just don't let go of that. It's like you've never grown up. <laughs> yeah. One one thing that when I read this chapter, you know, um, uh, from from I believe in God to I know God is something that has started uh, happening to me. But um, but I think this one goes, you know, one step, uh, you know, forward to say that you know I am the God, and, and not the not the I, uh, you know, in the that we use in the normal sense, but the I as the overall consciousness. So from that perspective, I know that, you know, I'm too far off from being a jnani, actually. So, but at least from, you know, I believe in God to I know God. But I, I don't think, you know, I'm anywhere near I am the God. <laughs> yeah, just as Neo, Neo is told, you know, in Matrix, you believe you are, right? Yeah. It takes time. And you, yeah. uh, you bring up a very good point because um, I think two mistakes sort of we make even in this equation is one, as a body, if we start thinking we are God, that's not correct, right? Because body of us and Ishwar is different. Even going way deep inside and say that that Parabrahm is God as the creator, even that is not correct because it is again the Sagun part of it, right? So Parabrahm of Jeev and Parabrahm of Ishwar is same. So the equality is in the underlying, um, what we call as the Adishtan, which is the Parabrahm, right? So I think th those two things we tend to, when we talk about, or even in Gita when it appears, I think whether the Lord is referring to the creator God or Lord is referring referring to Brahman, we use it interchangeably, but to understand, I think while thinking that we are God, obviously yeah, as a body, we, we are not. <laughs> so, yeah. so that hence we can pray. And again, as a Brahm also, we are not the God as the creator. It is the Brahm. Yeah. yeah and that's the distinction between Nirgun and Sagun and Brahman, right? So yeah. we're kind of, the equivalence is at the Nirgun level. That's uh, right. In that sort of uh, consciousness. Yeah. Yes, the the physical sort of body mind is obviously different. Yeah, this clarity may actually go into bhakti because then the bhakti is at the transactional level when both are at yeah. transactional level. God and you both. And it is just kind actually, of the, the, go ahead, Rajesh. Go ahead, go ahead. Now, I was going to say uh, it, it is it is basically something that. Uh, that uh, you know, you refer to. I mean, you know, we kind of just form an opinion, or we have like this embedded view that we are the body mind, right? And that example in the book around, uh, you know, the convex and the concave mirror, right? 
So if we stand in front of one, we get a distorted version. But at no point do we say that we are that distorted version. We always know who we really are. And, um, and, and, and to that extent, you know, it's just a mindset where we have kind of come to believe that we are the body, you know, the body mind is what we are. And that it's only, that's only an instrument, but the reality is that we are, as the chapter says, we are Brahman. Yeah, well said, uh, Ajay. And actually, uh, two things, you know, for, first, maybe uh, just reacting to what you said, right? So that convex and concave mirror, you know, in real life, the mirror is the guru who can speak to you and help you clarify and remove saying that, hey, you look like this, but this is not who you are. You are something else. So remember that analogy. I think that'll be very powerful. The second thing, Alpana, to what you said, right? The, the Parabrahman, the underlying entity. There's actually a chapter in the Gita known as Purushottama Yoga, chapter 15, where, uh, where Sri Krishna clarifies. And that's covered as part of this book also. We will get there in maybe two chapters where Krishna actually clarifies saying that, hey, listen, the God is treated at multiple levels. One level is the, um, the God that, that uh, you, you know, the creator. Okay. And the next level, which is the common, which is the Atma and the Brahman, the, that is what is called as Purushottama, Purushottama. And that's the one which is unique. That is the only one that is there. And so he actually clarifies that. So it will be a very beautiful chapter, you know, when we, when we go read it. But just keep that in mind and, uh, you know, we can get there when, when it comes. I think if I may to... add, you know, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Bipi. No, no, go ahead, So I was just saying, uh, one thing I forgot to mention, I thought this last uh, paragraph where the Swamiji says that I am the easiest to reach uh, as I am the most difficult uh, when uh, Krishna says to Arjuna, I thought that was uh, really reassuring to me <laughs> that, you know, we can, we can read all the theory and we can understand it at an intellectual level. Uh, but to really assimilate and internalize it, you know, it will take time. So um, I just thought that was very beautiful uh, and very reassuring for personally speaking. This is where I think Kishore will jump in because after what uh, Swamiji says, saying that uh, uh, I'm easiest to reach and most difficult, he also says, but for one whose mind is ready, who has the blessing of teaching, I'm easy to know. So to keep point last week, right? It's all it's all about how you train your mind and prepare your mind. Yeah, no, I I agree. I I I've I'm convinced that uh, uh, that needs to be done, and and that itself is a very long process, in my opinion. And I, I, I definitely, and that's where I am, for sure. Uh, if 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 I may. Um... You know, the first sentence of the second paragraph. Uh, humankind has not really created anything. We only rearrange, making combinations of what the Lord has already created. That was super, you know, this is very well written. It kind of explains all our human endeavor in, in one, one sentence, which is fantastic. But, but it kind of started the thought in my, process, in my mind of, you know, why do we have individual karmas? If you're all 
part of the same consciousness and awareness, why do we carry around individual karmas? And and that that is either a super stupid question or something that doesn't have an answer. I can't I can't think of what the answer would be to that. So, it's for different experiences. But just, just yeah. to add to that, I mean, you know, in my sort of understanding, the way I sort of rationalize my mind is that the karma is of the body-mind complex, right? It is not of the, the I, right? Because I is actionless, right? And... Uh, and yeah, I mean, if there was no karma, then I guess what would we do? <laughs> I mean, we would do something and it'll be either good or bad. I mean, the way, the way at least I think about it is that, you know, the creator, you know, he made this complex ecosystem, right? And he made a set of rules, right? And, and you know, the rules are kind of very explicit, you know, the, the, the way it's defined as kind of good gets you good, bad gets you bad, and none escapes that law. And we're just in that sort of loop where, you know, we're therefore responsible for everything that we do. So there's no God to blame for our happiness or sorrows. And that is the whole sort of concept of creation, I think, which is you put like a set of, you know, jivas out there, and then they figure out for themselves how to deal with that Maya kind of kind of world kind of thing. That's that's how I think about it. Well, well, I mean, let me, let me clarify. I mean, why why can't I take my child's illness? Why can't I take on my friend's sorrow? Um, why why can't because, I? You know, why are we each? being part of the same awareness, why, why can't we all be, uh, why can't we trade? Like, like, you know, I don't know whether we used to trade marbles or, you know, these, these uh, cricketer cards that we used to trade. So, but, the, uh, but, 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 but the consciousness, Vivek, doesn't do anything, right? I mean, we're all the same conscious. We are, you're probably right. Yeah, sure, you're absolutely sure. right. Right. So as consciousness, we just sit and watch, right? We just witness. And whatever is happening is for that individual jiva, right? And so that individual jiva is possibly, in, you know, distinct from every other jiva. And therefore, what is theirs is theirs, good or bad. At conscious level, consciousness level, we are one, but we do nothing. We just, we just watch. Yeah, I have understood is that, you know, um, consciousness is the nirguna, right? I mean, it doesn't have uh, any particular guna and uh, it's like you know you take a clay or you take a gold you know so uh, the, when it manifests itself in the form of something you know a pot or a you know or a jewelry different types of jewelry and so on each one has you know its own characteristic so so the the mixture of uh, you know the rajo tamas and uh, satvik makes it, you know, the, the amount of copper that you add to something will make it, you know, will change the property of uh, this thing. So gold remaining the same. So, uh, so if, you, if you look at gold level, you know, I think the property is common across everybody. 
but if you look at you know how it has manifested in terms of a particular jewelry you know which is what we are all i mean there are of course infinite number of combinations there and hence i mean and because you know so we we have um, you know we are just a manifestation of the overall consciousness but not in its purest form i, I don't know whether uh, no it makes sense satya and uh, i mean uh, in terms of uh, if we if we put it simply it is um, you know vivek what you are mentioning is taking karma from one to another is almost like taking from one pocket and putting into another right yeah <laughs> at the at at the core we are all one so it is putting from one pocket to another what difference will that make why would you want to because we don't feel that oneness and hence we want to trade yeah i mean actually as 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 sakur was saying this uh, i kind of the, the thought comes to the mind that maybe we do trade actually uh I, when we you know it, and and the thought that comes to my mind is around an argument uh if you have an argument with somebody uh that argument carries on back and forth you know if i say something nasty to somebody the likelihood is the next time we meet i will hear back about that right so so in a way we do trade karma like if if i have the upper hand in an argument now the likelihood is that it'll reverse in the future um but but where i didn't understand this is in in the context of our own journey you know disease illness uh we we have our own individual journeys in relation to that and we understand yes you know that you know eventually this is this is a stepping stone towards death let's say disease is a stepping stone towards death uh and the theory is sound around that but i'm just wondering uh, where you know where if it breaks down it's an old habit to try and test the boundaries of this these theories so that's where i'm coming from there are people who can take others karmas but they they suffer through it so it's not that the karma gets you can't eliminate it you can't eliminate it so there are saints who can take it but they try not to interfere anybody's journey or they can do it they can do it yeah yeah in fact they can yeah. two examples come into my mind one is jesus i understand uh, he cured leprosy patients you know so by by his touch uh, that is one thing second thing i also was reading an autobiography of a uh, ram krishna say shri ram krishna where nag mahashaya is a gentleman uh, i mean who is a householder disciple of ram krishna when ram krishna was suffering with cancer throat cancer he was ready to take that illness to him you know so but ram krishna declined it so they had that powers to cure other diseases you know so i mean it is actually possible once you reach to a particular level is what i understand yeah so you can take and it. and from my limited knowledge vivek i have i have heard about certain kind of sorry go ahead alpna no no you go ahead i wasn't talking yet i think vp is frozen yeah no i was just saying yeah uh, can you hear me vivek yeah yeah ah so i was saying that i i know of people who 
actually do certain yagas and uh, you know mantra uh, uchcharan you know uh, chanting of mantras to take care of certain problems in their lives so it's actually uh, it's scary um, but there are people who can actually you know take care of problems by just doing these japas and very intense prayers and doing these ahutis and what not i mean i i i'm not very familiar with it but i know of certain incidences where people have actually done some stuff like that the way you are talking about and what others are saying so it's there it's just that we generally are not exposed to such people and these people are also generally not always in limelight or easily accessible but that is not transfer of uh, karma that is probably prayaschit or parihar yeah right but somebody doing it for you so again is that the person is sitting there and doing all these puja and japs for you and taking everything on to themselves uh, rather than you know uh, it coming to you so they are in a way taking whatever evil was coming to you and sort of moving in a different direction just by mantras and what not and again i'm just seeing i'm just telling you what i've heard or what i have uh, heard from people but i don't know about the major details around it because i i've heard about i've heard about sort of uh, mantras etc to cure some of the pap uh, or to kind of neutralize them rather but uh, i think what you are saying is one step ahead which i have which i don't understand is the person who performs that kind of takes it on himself which is different yeah maybe you know shanta has pinged something about uh, somebody called narayaniam somebody who wrote narayaniam in fact my wife was also prompting me the same but i did not remember it i think you should read about it and uh, how one person took on somebody else's karma that's a separate thing she was exactly my wife was saying this exactly the same thing so vivek coming back to your to your point right you know i think you know one way of looking at it is from a top down approach one way also looking at it is from a bottom up approach right now all the way we've been talking about the top down approach saying that you know we are all one at the same time put one pocket to another pocket and all that but look at it from a bottom up approach right first of all why do you think you have to take over you know your child sickness or somebody else's uh, uh, negative thing is it because you think you are different from them uh, i mean i wouldn't say different um but there is uh, i i guess yeah i mean the point we're going to is you know we don't want to when you're passing by somebody who's suffering you don't feel any association with that right so it's 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 like i'm driving on the road and somebody is doubled up in pain the likelihood is i'll just keep driving uh and and uh, but but when it's when it's supposedly close family so it's it is that maya that we have, we have, we have started that draws you towards thinking about these things but 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 the question was founded in in a more sort of again an abstract level in that just as we can trade things within you know in 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 sort of what we what we consider to be real life why can't we trade in karmas 
I think I think uh, the, the the explanation has gone. Uh, you know, the the bottom line that I'm taking away from this is that uh, yes, it is possible for evolved souls to to actually engage in that. Yeah. Because I mean, they they probably again know that you know, and 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 this is what is said about gurus generally. So, so like my. Uh, my my wife and her family they they follow uh, Radha Swami, so it is commonly said about the Radha Swami guru that you know that's what he is capable of. There are there are other gurus that are said to be capable of doing this, and so they can interject in in, in, in the flow of life if they want to. Uh, it's been said about um, about uh, Sai Baba, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that that's a that's a good takeaway. I agree with you. And and basically, you know, I think the way that I think about this whole thing is, yes, it is possible. Can everybody do it? Answer is no. Okay. Uh, so what stops us from a bottom-up approach? I think it's what stops us is that uh, we think we are individuals and we think we are different from the others. And just because we think we are different from others, we can feel the others' pain. What if we suddenly think that everybody is part of me? Then suddenly, what happens is the question is becomes a moot question because yeah, I am suffering. Is somebody suffering? I am suffering. It comes to. In fact, uh, the oneness that we all share, I think, allows, particularly having understood this a little bit now, it allows us to empathize with people who are uh, either different from us or potentially even disliked by us. Because at the, at the consciousness level, we're the same. And therefore, if, even if we dislike somebody, we, there, is a, there, is not, there is now a basis to mean well for that person because at the higher level, it is the same consciousness. And, and Ajay, you said it well. And and going back to uh, the last statement in the in the book, what you're uh, reading, right? That's actually training the mind, because the mind is closed at this point of time to see that it, there is oneness all around. So now, what you do is you start reverse reverse engineer the mind. Then start seeing the oneness. Start seeing the oneness. And I remember Alpana mentioned this once in the context of uh, you know we were discussing much earlier in our discussion, maybe in February or March, maybe April timeframe. Somebody said, you know, uh, you know, promotion time and somebody else that I don't like in the company, he gets a promotion and, uh, you know, yes. he's very jealous about it. About that. And I remember, Alpana, you mentioned this at that time. So, you know, you had to think, saying that, you know, you, through that person, I'm enjoying that. You, you start reframing the entire circumstance, then you not feel that jealous about that particular person. Can I add one more thing, which is, uh, why do we feel that certain things are bad, right? I mean, yet another perspective, right? So uh, maybe that is what is needed for me to, uh, um, at this point, to, to course correct, right? So maybe I have to go through some tough times to actually course correct. So what if we are able to get that perspective, then we are able to accept everything, right? No matter what comes through. 
So wh wh why are we struggling to change something that's nature, right? The, 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 uh, why can't we accept, in other words? Uh, the fact that we are trying to change something which is naturally happening um, beyond our control and we are trying different ways by going to this person or that person and saying, hey, somehow get rid of this thing for me uh, means that we are, we are not accepting what has happened. Uh, so uh, by changing that to acceptance, will that not take care of it right away? That, okay, sure, this, this karma is something that I'm, I have to go through, uh, but I know very well that uh, this is the right thing for me right now because I, I didn't, uh, uh, you know, this has come to me and, and this is what it is. Absolutely, Kishore, and this reminds me again, I think I mentioned it earlier as well, that hope is a hindrance to spirituality, because by hope we think that it will Something change, else is better. Yeah. whereas we don't accept it. So hope is not a... Yeah. No, there there not, are many examples, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, when, like, uh, when I it first time, I was quite, quite surprised, because... In all the quotations, it would be a uh, hope is, you know, hope for living, hope, hope, hope is a good thing. But, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. But, do, but, but don't, but don't uh, acceptance and hope uh, go together at some level because you, you, the, you would want to accept because you're saying, well, whatever I'm going through is because of very good reason, perhaps. But that should not limit your ability to be hopeful. The hope is that it will get better. I will go through it because it will get better. Just go through it. Yeah. Without the... Yeah. Let's okay. face the storm. Yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. It was interesting when I read it for the first time that hope is an hindrance to spirituality. Ajay, actually, nobody, nobody in the scriptures, it says that you should not have expectations. You, you should have expectations of what to expect in right. what tasks that we do. But the next part of it is where we fail. What if our expectations are not met? Not met. Right? Mm. That's where the problem is. The problem is not in expecting. As a stock market investor, I expect 30% returns. No problem with it. But if we don't get 30% returns, do I kind of you know, break my head over it? No, no. Yeah, no I, 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 I get what you're saying. All I'm saying is that you can have acceptance Absolutely, you should have acceptance because what is there is there, right? But uh, that should not stop us from hoping for a better situation tomorrow. That's the point I'm making. And I, I, I kind of see that subtlety in the point that you make, Alpana. But... Uh, I will because work towards making it better. I'm not hoping for it to be better. Is the, is the difference I think we are looking at. Awesome. If, it, if it happens, it's okay. If it doesn't happen, it's okay. But I'll not hope for it. Because hope, in hope, sometimes our effort is compromised. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I'm not sure but, that hoping is bad, Alpna. I think uh, you do your karma, right? And you, you are expecting a result or you're hoping for that result, right? It's the same thing to me. That whether you are expecting a outcome or you're hoping for a, an outcome is the same thing. 
but if it doesn't happen then that's where you have to bring prasada buddhi and be accepting of what the outcome is right so mm. i'm not sure if i'm i mean i'm missing the nuance or um, to me they are interchangeable that expectation or being hopeful is sort of one and the same thing right i mean you have given they say right you have give your best and hope for the uh, and hope for the i mean sorry do your best give your best give your best and hope for the rest and whatever it says so is that really wrong to even um think of them as interchangeable ideas i i think it's not wrong but it is a slight hindrance in your spiritual progress because your mind gets conditioned of hoping rather than just being in the present yeah and if, this is if, yeah i agree so sorry finish finish your thought alpana No, I was just giving where it is said. Actually, Parashar and Maitre conversation. This is the first point Parashar tells Maitre. Stop hoping, because he was saying, "I hope I will, you know, get enlightenment, etc." He said, "Stop hoping first." <laughs> it is a yeah. So, I think to that point, I mean, you know, VP and Ajay, the way I think, I think the way you're using hope is actually acceptance. But there's a context of hope. in which it is hope against hope um which is which is you know wishing for something or desiring an outcome which is not meant to be the purpose of karma right so so in, in that case it kind of goes against acceptance in that context i mean english i, I mean in this chapter only sets out right how uh, you know sanskrit is a very precise language where whereas in english words can have multiple meanings yeah uh but but it it brings up uh, up way back i think in our group discussion something no not even in discussion in a in exchange we had talked about the difference between hope faith belief and trust uh, i don't really remember that and you said you made a very good point about that the 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 hindu scriptures don't say anything about trust but there's a lot of talk about belief and faith and hope so uh i'm wondering whether and and actually the previous chapter talks about uh, you know how belief is 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 actually not knowledge belief is open to open to challenge and and, and adjustment yeah um so so you know all of these words are they seemingly good words but they can have sort of adverse consequences yep in uh... in yoga shastras it's called as uh, verbal delusion one of the, the uh, negativities in the mind that we need to get over is this thing called verbal delusion i forget the sanskrit word for it but it is verbal delusion uh, the great american dream is a verbal delusion what is great american dream to to be please add what my thoughts were when you were talking about hope and accept i think there's a big, there lies a difference when when you're doing a task or you're planning for the now what you're doing now if you're constantly doing it mechanically with a point in the future in your head then it becomes negative so i think if you just wholeheartedly immerse yourself at that point then the next stage of acceptance or hope or whatever becomes easier for you because you're not you're now you're wholeheartedly in this point and then you will accept it or hope or whatever the word is for that later point in the future becomes 
acceptable in my uh, if i can use those words i mean as as you were saying it is words isn't it and it is what we know the meaning to be so i also feel that you know hope and you know to this is to vp's point actually you know so uh, while doing any karma you know you can have a, an objective for it actually i mean that the objective and hope are different right so because hope is more like you know i'm also attaching some kind of a desire to the results so i can i can when i'm doing something i can aim to achieve something so that's my objective and then give my and, and do it with uh, with whatever uh, um, you know in a dispassionate way do it and uh, accept the results and so on is fine so i i think uh, are we mixing the objective and hope maybe yeah i think let's let's pivot the discussion to uh, to the set of uh, the things that swami ji talks about in this chapter right so he very nicely you know from the previous chapter which is who is god he gets here and then he talks about uh, the self is the brahman in a very nice connection the way that i found the connection was okay who is god you are god okay but i don't believe it okay if you don't believe it therefore you find that there is somebody else outside of you who is who is god you start praying to that person and how will you pray then he categorizes a set of people okay it starts at the at one level saying that people who don't even believe that there is a god that is a, that is the atheist atheist world but if you if you are that kind of a person who says uh, i see the end product which is this beautiful intelligent universe that means there must have been somebody who is a creator for this who is also intelligent who has used some material therefore you know that god is there the moment you you, you kind of you know get the belief whichever whatever percentage of that particular uh, thing then then he grades the gita grades uh, the different types of devotees and that i found it a pretty fascinating thing arthi arthati jignasu and gnani oh. you know i i i really i really liked it because it gives you a what do you call it a uh, 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 understanding about our own self as to you know where we are most of the time and what do we do and if so how do we how do we pray why do we pray i think that's a very powerful concept for me no i i liked it very much rajesh um, and you know we're we're often at what i call the transactional level when it comes to god you give me this i will do this if you give me this that kind of commercial sort of trade off if you will uh the the one one phrase that's used which i got a little bit confused with was that in addition to gyani it talks about vigyani or vigyanam right and it seems like that's something beyond gyani right and that confused me so i didn't quite understand the context of that additional sort of word that was used i don't know whether anyone else picked that up question i don't have the book in front of me otherwise i would have pointed out where it is it's actually some of the right inside pages and it kind of sort of refers to so gyani is obviously the highest level i had always thought but it seems like this is beyond it anyway that might be for a separate uh, discussion i'll i'll think so no no actually um, no actually you know gyani you know in in some sense 
anybody who understands intellectually that there is atma and brahman which is the same the ocean water is the same irrespective of the waves he is a gyani but can that person actually that right when that person can't on the time that person is still a gyani but growing into vigyani vigyani you know the word vigyan is you know in english you know maybe i'm i'm getting into a controversy here it's it's science right science means you have to prove that that is reality for you right now is it a reality for people who who know let's say you read the gita you understood okay there is a the brahman it's the same there's nothing else beyond that but do you really know or do you really uh, are you that the point is people will have different gradations of belief of they becoming that particular thing they say no 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 i think i yeah i understand it but you know the great theoretical concept but i am not there as it yeah right but when you become then you you got the proof for yourself then you become vigyani because it's a repeatable experiment so all those great rishis they go from gyani to vigyani and they become vigyani and now they are telling all of us here is a repeatable process by which you can also become this vigyani mm, possibly yeah but isn't that isn't that like jeevan mukta when yes who's realized sure. that yes same, yes right? yeah. today today if you can claim that i am jeevan mukta you are jeevan mukta right so you are vigyani that at that I point mean, not coming from the position of boasting or anything if you truly jeevan mukta you claim that you are jeevan mukta there's nothing wrong with it you will be jeevan mukta to ajay's point i think most of us most um, people who quote and quote believe in god are in that arthati stage isn't it right where it is transactional um uh, yeah i mean i do this you can you give me that that kind of stuff uh but it's good to see that there is a gradation and there is uh you know there there is that path uh, that's laid out in terms of the levels and the type of understanding uh, that comes with it. is is reciting the gayatri mantra transactional what is the intention is what i would say what what is I mean, the intention with which you would say that I, I i think intention is everything there in my opinion exactly okay. and actually gayatri mantra in itself is an intention as well to go from this transactional reality to absolute reality mm-hmm. actually it's an intention inbuilt in the gayatri mantra rather than playing praying to a form or anything may my intellect be directed in the in that direction so mm-hmm. actually it comes with the intent that's the beauty of gayatri mantra so you, so yeah to to kishore your point actually in gayatri mantra that's why they say you just recite it without intent or anything because the intent is inbuilt in the mantra gayantam trayate one who actually takes beyond meaning trayate is to cross over so this is the mantra which helps you actually cross over that's why it's better to be the most powerful one Yeah. so um, generally in society today i mean we uh, you know many of us here obviously are in the in the jignasu stage right or uh, we've kind of moved i wouldn't say moved but at least we are curious about about these topics but generally we don't hear um that such a gradation exists and and uh, having coercing people to move forward right that 
you are here, but hey, there is something more. There is uh, something more for you to explore. Um, we don't hear that. Why? Why did that go away in society? I, I, I'm just wondering, just curious as a question. Um, if people have thought about it. Is that all personal, um, you know, something that we all have to just walk through it? I mean, I, I don't see too many people talking about uh, this path in, in, a, in the general transactional uh, type thing where they, you know, even in schools, yeah, you teach uh, middle school, but they tell you there is high school ahead and then there is college ahead if you want to go there. Um, but nobody tells you that, uh, that there is, there is something ahead, you know, when you're learning purely in the transaction level. Actually, with WhatsApp, so, I think there are too many messages being floating around. I think everyone seems to be, um, or maybe we come across those people because you're, you're interested and you may pick up those as well. I don't know. But I feel a lot more people are interested in it uh, than what the scriptures say that very few are interested in. But I don't know. Yeah. That's what I noticed. And, and, and maybe a lot of people are interested at a academic level. No, academic level. That's a good word. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Exactly. So it's not. It's not sort of from that sort it's of not a pursuit. Spiritual uh, sort of, it's not a spiritual be. pursuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ajay. Yeah, Ajay. One, one, uh, I wanted to go back to your gyan and vigyan. Um, hmm. So, so I think yeah, Rajesh was trying to explain. So gyan is the actual final. That is the direct perception of the absolute reality. That will be the Jnana. Vijnana is going through this, this world and it's called as total perception, which is going through this discriminative world. That is Vijnana actually. So what he was trying to say that you prove, because see, you, to, to, to prove that absolute reality, you need an experience to highlight the experiencer. So that is why it is a repeatable process, but it is more through Vigyan. That is more through scientific approach of, you know, because see what we are trying to do is also understand it logically, right? So using yes, this mind, is, using this in, so, intellect. So Vigyan is not above Gyan. Gyan is the ultimate step. Is the, that's what I would have thought. But is, is this then akin to saying that, so for example, to get to Nirguna Brahman, yeah. you go through a step of kind of, so that you don't have yeah. any doubt. So, Gyan so that is might be sort of, ultimate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, so that brings me to another question which has been on my mind. I meant to ask it uh, last time also is, and you know, I think we, we discussed a little bit about idol worship, etc. But is it possible to achieve Gyana or Brahman or Nirguna Brahman? I mean, do you have to go through the two steps? I mean, can you be, can you just, like you said, the Gayatri Mantra doesn't involve any idol or anything. It just, you know, takes you straight to that, yeah. that sort of ultimate goal. Yeah. Is, is the two-step process essential or is that optional? They say you don't need any path and you can just have it in a split second, but whether it will become a drug you know, it'll stay along is the harder part. You may get glimpse of it, but then you'll come back to it. So unless your mind is trained to hold on to that, and that, that training process involves either karma yoga or 
bhakti yoga or raj yoga or combinations of those and if you get it in this birth with if you see people getting it in this birth without doing any of this then they would have definitely done it in their earlier births is what the theory is so so you can go from karma yoga to gyanam do you do you do you need to go through bhakti yoga or or not necessary uh, saguna brahman worship kind of thing not necessary it depends on what you need and that's what i think swami sarvapriyananda ji keeps saying look at your mind if it is focused but it has impurities then do karma yoga if it is hmm. purified and but you don't have focus it keeps jumping from one thought to another then you need meditation or upasana or something to focus it at one place to focus it idol worship is one of the ways which is slightly easier because you have something to focus upon if you can focus on nirgun brahm you can do that as well so these are all mm-hmm. different different tools available person but is any one of them mandatory no you can actually get to gyani yoga now just by actually just by studying you are you 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 can do it so you don't necessarily need even karma yoga that way yeah. but absolutely so you need to see what you connect with what you relate to what helps you and then use that but going against your nature is also not a you know if you are yeah, not believing in something just trying to do it just that it will help sometimes you yeah, it may turn your mind but in all all likelihood it may not help you that's true yeah because i was no. reading a commentary on chapter 8 uh, or chapter 7 i can't remember but it kind of suggested that you know whether it is krishna or rama or some devi yeah they are all the same thing is just who do you kind of put on a higher you connect with yeah which form you relate yeah. to the best which one you relate to better yeah that's right okay yeah. Yeah. and 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 ajay to add on to what alpana was saying and 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 uh, your comments right i think most uh, most people when you think about the chronological order of the major for growth what happened in this space right we think that we are individuals then we think there is a world then we think there is a god we first of all we have this impression that there are three different things different broad bucket configurations right then suddenly as your knowledge increases then uh, you say okay i think i understand this better maybe the world world is world is there but there's something called god which is there the god created world therefore world is you know not part, not different than who my body and mind is that understanding comes but then we still have the distinction saying that me and god now there are only two elements me and god i need to figure out between these two things right at this at that stage of somebody someone's development it's always uh, preferable to follow a path where you externalize that particular god because you you give it all the powers that you don't have okay when i say you don't have you have not yet assumed those powers that's what i meant okay mm. as you do the sadhana over a period of time which is like let's say bhakti yoga dhyana yoga whatever right as you keep doing that over a period of time then you realize at some point of time that the gap between what i have externalized as god and what i am actually is zero mm. then it becomes just one it's interesting the, the way you say it you know and i was reflecting on sort of our progression so if you look at the first five chapters you know it just talks about you know there is one 
oneness, right? Who am I? I am like the ultimate consciousness. And now as we go into the current sort of conversation around God, it feels like it's transitioning towards there are many, right? And each one has their own sort of God, but they're all this. But I, I'm, I'm assuming that the next step would be this one, there are many sort of images, if you will, but they're all one eventually. Yeah, yeah. And, and we discussed this actually, actually because um, if you remember when we discussed this, okay, in, if Arjuna had got it in chapter two, okay, the rest of the chapters mm. not have been told by uh, Krishna to Arjuna. But Arjuna did not get it. You know, the summary slide was not good enough for him. He needed the rest 16 chapters and then again summarize it. The process we are going through, you know, we get it, but we don't get it. Therefore, we are going through the entire set of slides. And again, Krishna will say, here is my summary. Then Arjuna says, now I'm clear. Okay. Journey. Yeah, I know that's fair point. Yeah. You're right. I, I like the, what you said. We get it, but we don't get it. <laughs> Actually, if you get it, and if it's a full stop, then you're not here. You're somewhere else. In, in, in one of the foregoing chapters, this is written, right? Even with the knowledge, we're still sort of bound by the limitations that we have. It was actually written in... Uh, yeah, so it's, it's like, I think it's, it's explained in the context of the rope and the snake. That even after we realize that actually what we think is a snake is a rope, we're still frightened. Yeah, because it's not sort of got fully internalized. Yeah. So the key word that, that I keep operating on that is conviction. Okay. What is the percentage of conviction that I have that the snake is not real? Maybe some days it is 99%, some days it is 1%, some days it is 0%, some days it is negative. Okay, so where we are, that it depends on where we are as a, in, in terms of our perception, our conviction, what is the reality, what is the rea uh, unreal. That's why even in uh, Bajagovindam also, right, it says, you know, I think I, I posted that thing also saying that, you know, pranayamam, pratyaharam, and then nitya nitya vivekam. Now I keep remembering vivek mittal all the time, right, you know, <laughs> itself says, you know, vivek krako, vivek krako, what is real, what is unreal. <laughs> So, uh, in terms of a different type of path, one is through knowledge, right? What we're going through. The other is obviously uh, the Raja Yoga path of uh, of ex experiential reality. Like the, they seem to say, oh, once you see it, there is the, the knowledge comes because you've seen it. Now it's uh, you don't need others to tell you because you've seen it, right? So, I'm, I'm just curious about thoughts around that. Uh, yeah, from from others. Any, any um, I mean, Sorry. that that seems to be a valid uh, uh, path as well, which is you know of of saying yes, there is yes, you need to have a, a a certain corpus of knowledge. Yes, now we kind of intellectually understand it, but then to go from there to actually internalizing, one path is to continue on the knowledge and at some point it will dawn um, and keep keep going deeper and deeper into the knowledge and it will dawn. So that is obviously the, the, the Nana Yoga path. The other one is, okay, now you know something, but can you also 
experience it because once you experience it, um, you know it. Like it's not like somebody telling you there is fire. You actually saw that there is fire and there is smoke. So you know it that uh, at this point, it's very clear to you that there is fire there. Right. So nobody needs to tell you that. Um, so that seems to be the, uh, the combination of having knowledge as well as now going into the actual experience of it. And then it, it comes together. Right. And at which point there is uh, um, internalization. So Jay Krishnamurti has written about, has spoken about this. I don't know whether anybody has read Jay Krishnamurti, but uh, um, he, he was, he was sort of, I think at the turn of the last century, he was uh, cast as the, the second coming of Christ. And there's this huge institution, but then at one time, yeah. sorry? Theosophical society. Yeah. So he, uh, he, he actually wound that up. And in his, in his speech, he said, you know, uh, the moment you follow a path, you've given up the most valuable thing that human beings have is to experience. So our, our responsibility is to, is to learn by experiencing. Uh, yeah, no, than, I, is there right. something like that? Yeah, no, no, I agree. And uh, I, I think uh, Swami Vivekananda's book, uh, Raja Yoga from early 1900s, I think uh, I'm reading that right now. So there he kind of combines these two paths, right? Uh, and and that, that seems to be what he came, uh, he, uh, he came to realize that there needs to be a combination of both. Uh, so he brings in, brings in the Yoga Sutras, but he, he's also a Vedantin, right? So he, he combines both in a, in a really nice way. Um, it's, yeah, go ahead, Radish. Kishore, very well said. But the way that we have to understand the word experience in this yeah. context is slightly different. For example, uh, let, me, let me clarify what I mean by that. So let's say if I want to experience uh, 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 Yosemite, okay? yeah. I have to go there to you experience. To there. So yes. the journey has to be done from point A to point B. Okay? And then you are actually physically in Yosemite to experience Yosemite. But in this case, the journey is like, the experience has to be understood in a slightly different way. So the way that we need to understand experience, the way that conceptually that I think about it is, I think that there is a bright white light somewhere. Okay. And then there is a mirror, a smoky mirror. Okay. Which is hiding the whiteness of the particular bright light. And I am every day cleaning this mirror, the transparent uh, mirror, right? Or transparent glass. I'm cleaning this glass, not a mirror, glass. I keep on cleaning this glass. And once I keep on, keep on cleaning, cleaning, one day it becomes so crystal clear that that particular white light behind that particular glass is shining forth, right? Then I have actually been there. Right. So now in the same analogy, this, this, this glass, what I, I present, present as a concept here is my mind. I'm cleaning my mind on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not doing anything to this entity, the nirguna, yes. the bright light. Yeah. I'm right. only cleaning. I'm only cleaning my mirror. My I, I, yeah, I, I think what you just explained, uh, I, 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 is the essence of uh, Raja Yoga, and it probably it comes from Sankhya, Sankhya, right? Where the the gunas is what you're talking about. The, the, when you're cleaning, you're removing or reducing rajas and tamas, so that it is now a, a really good reflecting medium. Um, and how do you do that, right? How do you cleanse it? 
uh, is through practical application on a daily basis, right? Um, and that's and, that's the uh, entire topic covered by Aparoksh Anubhuti. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I have a slightly different view. I think I used to have the same view that you need to cleanse that mirror. Yeah. But even if you cleanse the mirror, you'll still see the reflection. You'll still see the chidab. You'll still have the experience of the chidabas. So I think probably it's effect of listening to Swami Sarvapriyanandaji day in, day out. I think what now I try to do is in every experience, every time you see anything, you hear anything, you observe anything, try to see what is illuminating it. So try, I mean, mentally try to go behind it or try when, as soon as your mind has seen something, try to turn the mind in the other direction. So, so I try doing that. And in, a, in some of his lectures, he say even purity of mind is, and, and in some scriptures also. So even if you, you need a little bit to get onto this path, yes, clarity of, so I'm not trying to deny any of the you know, uh, benefits of other things. Obviously they help a lot in turning that around, but it is possible now and here without doing anything. So, so I think constantly just trying to do that, um, it is sinking in, I would say. I don't, I don't know, Interesting. <laughs> but Interesting. because yeah, I did start that works too, perfectly. Yeah. It works yeah. very well, Alpana. And, and uh, yoga seems to indicate that, hey, uh, the Raja Yoga path seems to indicate that when you reach a very, very high level of high state of uh, meditation, you, you see, I mean, in Samadhi, you experience certain things, which kind of convinces you that that's the reality, right? And then when you come back into normal transactional mode, you're able to apply that. Now, knowing that you've seen it, uh, that's now inbuilt in you. So with that, you can function in the uh, transactional um, uh, mode, right? So that seems to be how they are looking at it. I shouldn't say they, anyway, that's yet another path. Um, yes, sir. Right. So I'm just putting it out there that there are all these different things. And obviously Buddha's path was slightly different. So there are different paths uh, yeah. of realizing yeah. that. But, but, but Kishore, you know, the point, uh, the important takeaway from this discussion is how do we apply this to our own lives, right? Absolutely. What yeah. should we do? You know, starting today, yeah. right path. assume that we are on the right path. What should I do? What is my, yeah. how should my day look like? Look like. It could be a combination of things that Alpana explained, combination of things saying that I'm going to sit down and meditate. It has to be a combination of that. It can't be just one thing, right? Attitude change, okay, understanding, scriptural study to get that Vivek, okay? Go back to Sadhana Chatushtaya, Vivek Vairagyam, okay? Shamadadi Sampati. In each of these things, you have to keep on going. Go. Right. Absolutely. Okay, this seems to be the path that I, that I got in it. Now, I think that's that's the key thing. To me, uh, that is the sadhana chatushtayam, uh, the yamas and nemas, the eightfold path of Buddha. I mean, all those things fall in that category of things that we can do on a daily basis, uh, minute by minute basis, basically being aware of those things, right? Things like right action, right attitude, right uh, intention, um, and, and many other things, right? So can we apply that um, on a daily basis? Um, to me, that cleanses the mirror in your terminology here. Uh, it, it changes the gunas. It transforms us from the inside out. 
that in turn gives us the Viveka and the Vairagya, right? Um, and in addition, meditation gives us that awareness so that we are able to constantly apply this, right? So meditation plays a role in the sense that this awareness needs to be there as in, okay, I'm getting angry and hence I need to, and I need to remember not to get angry, even at the thought level. So how do I get that, that awareness or when I am transacting, right? On a, uh, when I'm talking to somebody, I'm in, in the midst of so many things. How do I build that awareness in myself? Meditation helps me, helps give that awareness or develop that muscle, if you will. And knowing what to do and having that awareness, this combination to me uh, can be applied on a minute by minute basis in our daily lives. In addition, the, all this knowledge about uh, um, what Vedanta provides us gives us this, this overall trail map and, and where we are headed, right? But these are smaller things that we need to do uh, to be able to get there. That's how I see it. Uh, I don't know what others feel about it. Yep. That's why it's, it's, it's extremely uh, important to get that guidance of the guru who can speak to the frequency that our minds are tuned in, right? And then it becomes easy. Ah, looks like I've, I've myself, you know, gears have started locking in now. And then it goes on smoothly. So any other uh, comments, questions, and thoughts on what we have read, maybe this chapter and the previous chapter also, that we need to clarify or discuss here? I mean, I'm finding this chapter, or this sort of second part of the Gita, a little more abstract than first part I must admit I struggled I needed so much energy for me to actually go through all the pages and stay focused to actually comprehend what I was reading I could read it right through but I just needed to stop ponder think and then continue as Rajesh was saying first six chapters of Gita were about you the yeah. second part about that so <laughs> it is yeah, and that, I think, the you know, to be honest, and that's why I asked the question, Altna, that, you know, by introducing, and this is, this is a fact, so I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but just by introducing this Saguna versus Nirguna, it kind of makes it more sort of complex in my mind. Because somewhere the doubt and, will and more I read how the world is working, yeah, and, somewhere and, and, the doubt will come <laughs> eventually. Yeah, and, and I, think, I, think, I think that was necessary for the simple reason that 99.99% people do worship to a atheists, yes, figurative god, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess that's a necessary step, but it certainly kind of is not sort of. It's still kind of evolving in my, my mind. Yeah, it'll take six chapters <laughs> to evolve of Gita. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that, that is very helpful. Thank you. Of awareness, <laughs> right? Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. 
and then it'll bring it both together right so it, that'll be the yeah yeah, yeah. And, maybe, and maybe you're right because when when we were in on chapter 3 i mean yeah. my mind was a mess <laughs> i have to confess so yeah maybe maybe you're right yeah I, I, I don't think it's intentionally. It's just that Arjuna's mind was not at ready to receive that. That he keeps on asking, okay, what is, uh, who is, how does this person who's, who's, uh, you know, who has a firm knowledge about you um, behave? And then Arjuna, Krishna reels off a bunch of uh, shlokas. Then he gets another doubt in that thing. Then again, Krishna reels off a bunch of shlokas. Reels it. Krishna is a master narrator that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell the summary. You don't understand that. Tuck, 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 tuck. Keep on putting the mind map, articulating it for you. And these six yeah. chapters are beautiful to see the glory of the universe. You know the experiences and uh, in in everything. I think it it definitely helps these six chapters. If you can't see self, because it's it is harder. <laughs> then at least try to see god in everything and then it will tell you but you and god are same <laughs> yeah no exactly no i think it's at some level it looks like it should be simple but uh, it it has its nuances and complexities uh, sorry i uh, i have been walking around quite a bit honestly it's been uh, hard to keep up so i went off video so you don't have to see my moving camera but uh, what uh, and guntax knows this i i have been coming at it in a reverse format <clears throat> whether it's fortunate unfortunate i don't know but i listened to the mundaka uh, the whole thing and then realized that i should have done the bhagavad gita before the mundaka but um, what i'm noticing here is also and guntax you can uh, correct me if i'm wrong but the mundaka is all about only this self and brahman and it goes deep into the so many analogies and there's six different chapters and it's it's like imagine this uh, just this chapter being written as the entire book that's what it was that's what that is and i found that extremely helpful when i went through this chapter because there's the two bird example the snake rope example mm. there's a lot of different examples there uh, which i fi- i find more and more helpful to understand what he is trying to say obviously i don't understand what i need to understand but uh, but i have found that very helpful for me any comments uh, i i am i'm sorry i am at a handicap because i have not read mundaka upanishad and mundukya is just hd for me no no not mundukya it's mundaka mundaka i have not even touched it Oh, okay, okay. So, um, uh, Swami Ji, uh, in his website, Purnalem, he actually has a list of, you know, he has laid that out is, the, uh, yeah. The, the, exactly the link I'm talking about. Uh, the, yeah, he has laid out uh, the... Uh, of course, that's in uh, Tamil. And because I am from, I am a Tamilian, I just yeah. found it to connect very well. Now, now he has also, uh, there's one page where he said, what is the order in which... any new speaker right. has to follow uh, right so it talks about this yeah yeah and uh, and and he he actually says you know don't don't do mundaka upanishad before reading bhagavad gita 
or listen you know, to Bhagavad Gita. But you know, uh, Kishore, I, I just happened to have uh, listened to that first and then realized, oh, uh, I need to do this in the other way. Now. Kishore, on a lighter side, when, when Guns, Guns mentioned to me, saying that he was reading Mundaka Upanishad, I told him, hey boss, I think uh, you should start with the Gita. I don't think like a like a engrossing thrilling movie. He could not stop. He had to finish the movie. Yeah, <laughs> finish it. I'm telling you, it was so engrossing. Okay. Thirty-two okay. different lectures. I just went oh. through it like a express train. I go every day. I I'll just go for a walk, one and a half hours. It's nice. just totally engrossing. Nice. Okay. Good. Gita is gift of openness. Exact. Uh, some some of the shlokas are exactly picked up. Exactly. Yes, you're right. Yeah. So it will it will sound very similar. One may explain the other, whichever order you go to. So yeah. for your this thing, my guruji says Gita is the last text you ever study. So I see. Is that right? Okay. Mm, interesting. So yeah. so fine. <laughs> Even this order is okay now. <laughs> But he does yes, he listen to one prakaran granth before you do even the Upanishads. No, that is very insightful because it's it's it can keep going back and forth, back and forth, right? I am feeling this way, but what you are saying is, oh, maybe it comes in the end because it's it's so packed, like you said, like every line is just there's so much in it. You have to really sit back and think it and. Honestly, Guntax, even in your book, HB, I call it HBM, uh, your book is also, I found it very, very intense uh, and engrossing. And it was very, very packed. So I had to really, every page I had to labor through and think very hard what you were trying to say. Sorry about that. Maybe the next one will be better. Why are you saying that? No, no, don't, don't take labor as uh, oh, it was a, it was a struggle. It was that's why I, I, I keep saying it's a beautiful struggle because I really want to figure out and and get to that knowing state, right? I think we all do. So we have the fourth qualification, definitely. Yes, mumukshutva. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very nice that. description. <laughs> but that, is, that is one of the most important ones. Yeah. I think, Alpanat, what you said reminded me of uh, one thing what uh, Swami Ji was saying. And uh, you know, I think we can probably, it's getting to 7.30, but I'll still probably try to squeeze it in and say it. I believe each one of us have three powers in us, right? One is called as karma shakti, something to do something. Okay, then jnana shakti to think about something. But the most important thing is icha shakti, the ability to desire. He says even if you have the ability to work, the ability to think about it intellectually and you know articulate root map and everything, if you don't have the desire, pointless. All right, I think you've almost coming to an end. Sorry, Sakuba, you had something I missed. I'm saying the desire for the right thing, I'm saying. <laughs> so, otherwise, we go back to <laughs> levels and go. Yeah, desire the right thing. Exactly, I agree with you. Okay, so, uh, question uh, before we get to the uh, uh, 
closing uh, shloka. Uh, should we move to the next chapter or do we want to mull, mull through these two topics still? I think we move on. Yeah, I think I'm keen to move on because I think some of the dots will get connected as we go forward. Yeah, <coughs> I, um, I think so too. Uh, and, and an alternative suggestion, we don't have to do that, of course, is uh, to have a recap of all the chapters so far. We'll wait for two more, two more, two or three more chapters. There's going to be a logical break. So think of, you know, the six, 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 right? In about two, three chapters of this book, we will get to the second six completion. Okay. That will be a good time for us to step back and maybe spend even two, two GDs together to recap the entire 12 chapters, because that's going to be extremely powerful. And that's going to synthesize what we have learned so far. But if we can wait for a couple of times, because right now, the, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the final battle uh, between the hero and the villain is going on in the movie. You know, after that, we have to take the logical break and find out where the heroine is. <laughs> All right. Over to you, Albert. Purnamadaha-purnamidam-purnat-purnamudachyate-purnasya-purnamadaya-purnamevavashishyate. Om Shanti 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 Thanks, everyone. All of you. Have a blessed uh, weekend. And VP Rajesh, many happy returns of the day once again to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye now. Bye, everyone. See you all. Bye. Bye.